Welcome everyone back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined on this beautiful mid-Friday morning. I'm going to get more specific with them these days <laughs> by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how the hell are you? I'm, I'm really good, Dave. How are you? Your voice sounds I always judge it by the kind of tenor of your voice, how you really are. Well, okay, I, so tell me your judgment. I think this is this is genuine that you're feeling good. I'm feeling great. Yeah. Got my morning coffee. Got um, just, you know, my kids are off to school. Yeah. Everything everything is everything is before me. You know, the day the day could unfold in any direction and I'm ready for it. Make it your masterpiece. Dave. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we have a lot to talk about uh, today. Do we? Hey, I'm is going. That, to, I'm going to Paul true? McCartney tonight. Hey, Tracy's going to see Paul McCartney tonight at SoFi Stadium. I can't even. It's just going to be crazy to get there, get in. Just yeah. Is Paul, fun. is Paul McCartney last surviving at this point? Is there another he's, one? Isn't he? How I, he's really old. He's he's seventy nine. Yeah, he's about to turn eighty. Yeah, I mean, and this is the thing. Paul McCartney doesn't need money. He's one of the richest human beings on earth. Is he? And why? Why is he? I mean, why is he doing this? Just one last, another hurrah? And here's the other thing, too. This is, I want everyone to answer this. Anyone who's a musician, answer this question. What is it about brilliant songwriters? I mean, amazing. Paul McCartney is one of the best songwriters, if not the best songwriter of our, of, you know, the last 70 years, right? I mean, amazing songwriter. Can't write a song to save his life in the last 25 years. Paul, Paul Simon. Amazing songwriter. Can't write a song. I so, mean, all these guys who used to write it. Elton John can't write a great, can't so write a song. My, my belief is it's a function of wealth. Once you have enough money and way too much money and you're also getting older, your distance from any lived in experience of another like normal human being is so vast. Like it is, you can't relate in any way to people. And the thing is, to enjoy a song, especially a, a, a written song, like something that was actually, you know, like the, the point is the lyrics, uh, you got to relate to it at some level. Paul, oh, okay, Paul McCartney I, I is that. not relatable for anybody. He's a knighted, like, like 100 millionaire. I get it. I get it. But he could still write a decent tune now. I mean, have any of those guys written a good tune, a good melody that's close to... Hey Jude, uh, yesterday, uh, let it be. I don't know, man. I mean, look, uh, uh, the creator. He's tried. Paul McCartney's tried. The song, the songs just evaporate. They're just nothing. Unless you're like Cormac McCarthy. I mean, the creative energy is basically like when you're 20, and then you know you, you got like a decent run after that, but it dissipates pretty quickly. I, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, some guys keep writing. Bruce Springsteen keeps writing, and he's gotten a few good songs in his old age, I'd say. There are other guys, but a lot of them just... I mean, Pete Townsend. Oh, my God. The Who. Has he written a song? The in, Who? Pete Townsend. The Who? <laughs> See what I did there? No. <laughs> That's such a dad joke. Wow. <laughs> And then in this instance, when we're talking about the who, I think I should be doing the bad. But you, but thanks for that. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. What should we talk about UCLA related? Because uh, gosh. Well, I led it with we have a lot to talk about, and that's that was an interesting t turn of phrase. Um, yes, because we have things to talk about certainly. Um, 
we want to talk, uh, I think, a little bit about, because um, we, we touched on this last week, but can, can we can we spend a little bit more time on Ken Norton? He's he's my he's my idol right now. I have a, a bust of him like can, on my desk. Can I just call him from now on future UCLA head coach Ken Norton? Oof. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we should go. Th- I mean, I could I could see it happening. I could really. Chip has a very successful season. He moves on. Ken Norton's a candidate. He, I mean, these are a lot. Let of me it. paint a picture for you, Tracy. Hang well, on. well, well. Then he'd have to have a really. He'd have to be part of a really good defense. But I mean, he's he's kind of no, no, no. Let me paint. In, let me. Paint okay, let's a see picture. your picture. I want to paint this masterpiece paint, for you. All right, Chip Kelly. Picture. He has a great year or a bad year, whatever. He's gone after this year. Okay. Okay. Dave. Ken Norton steps into the head coaching job because uh, he's shown he's willing to. Willing to take a, a essentially a step down position. I mean, linebackers coach is not a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Um, shows he's committed to the process. Shows he's still a dynamite recruiter, which I think is uh, already um, becoming apparent. And maybe it's just our relative judgment because he's trying um, at recruiting, and we're not used to that. Um, regardless, though, still showing he's got it. Still showing he has the juice. Um, so he takes the head coaching job. <clears throat> he promotes a currently 31-year-old assistant uh, at wide receivers coach, uh, Jerry Neuheisel, to offensive coordinator. Got it? You with me? Should I should I just kind of bring this into reality as Hang you go on. or, just, or just let you go? Hang on, baby. Hang okay. on. So sure. Ken Norton right now, he's – I mean, look, you think of Ken Norton. Oh, he, he played UCLA, you know, relatively recently. He was in the NFL. 55 years old. Right, not yeah. he's you know not not an old man by any stretch, but not a spring chicken. I knew you were going to say spring chicken. Yeah, if I could have bet on that in Vegas, he, well, what I'm saying is spring. he's not necessarily going to be the head coach at UCLA for too long. I'd say eight years. Right, but he's going to be 56 this year. Like it's going to yeah. be in September this year. Yeah, but let's say yeah, but, but whatever. Maybe he wants to go back to the NFL at some point. So four or five years down the road, he's like, you know what? I've set UCLA right. They're a solid nine, ten win program now. I'm going to hand the keys to Jerry Neuheisel. Jerry, Jerry... Neuheisel begins a 30-year run as the <laughs> UCLA head coach uh, and uh, and uh, puts them in national title contention perennially. Okay, let's just go with that. I'm not going to pick that apart with, with any kind of reason. Mm-hmm. It's a fun, it's a nice fantasy to start this whole thing off. It's great. Yeah, I, I, I think it's locked in. I, I, think, it's, have... I think it's... I think it's uh, I'm a Calvinist when it comes to this. It is predestined, you have, baby. You have UCLA fans right now feeling very – they're all aglow. They're all a titter. Yes. They're they're eating out of the palm of my hand. <laughs> uh, no, it's – I mean, it's not 100% unreasonable. I think it's going to happen. I think it's almost 100% likely. I think what's more likely is uh, – let's say that uh, that Ken Norton becomes the next head coach. I mean, I, see, whenever you do – these kind of, let's just call it fantasy. I need it grounded in a little bit in reality for me to buy in. So tell me what was unrealistic. You tell me. Uh, I don't think Jerry Neuheisel would get promoted. To, I think like Ryan Gunderson would get promoted. Uh, just older, more experienced, probably more experienced, uh, a little bit savvier in the in the offense. Uh, is, but is Ryan Gunderson scenario, is Ryan Gunderson the clone of a former UCLA head coach? Because I don't think he is. <laughs> so you're saying 
hire a guy just because of his UCLA connections, not not because no, no, of no, his because actual... he's he's literally a clone of another UCLA head coach. That's different from a connection. That might be what is the negative part of it. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, because you know, not he wasn't exactly a, a really successful head coach at UCLA. You'd have to say. You mean right? Rick Neuheisel was not a successful head coach? <laughs> Knock me over with a feather. Going out on a limb. Uh, okay, let's just go with yours. I, let's just go with it. What? Well, how old would Jerry be if he got hired in seven, six years? In six years, uh, Jerry Neuheisel would be, uh, so he's he just turned 30 in April. So it so would be 36. He'd be 36 years old. Season. Well, let's add another year, too, because we've got Chip's yeah, year, so it's where he goes 11 chip, and, and then one. it'll be five years of Ken Norton. And I'd then, say six years of Ken Norton. He's only 50. He'd be 56, 62. No, but I'm going to say, uh, no, no, I'm not saying he's going to retire. I'm saying he's going to want another challenge after he, you know, crushes the UCLA job. I don't think so. I think if he crushes the UCLA job, this is they pay him a ton of money, and this is where he rides off into the sunset. Mm. Mm. But I think Jerry just needs a little bit more seasoning. Okay, We've got to get him to about 37. Talk, all right, so let's talk this. Ryan Gunderson gets promoted to offensive coordinator yeah. for three years. Then he goes and finds a head coaching job because he's so successful under Ken Norton Jr. Or an offensive coordinator at Ohio State, right? No, come on. That's not going to be a step up under the uh, under the Norton era. <laughs> um, and then Jerry Neuheisel steps into the offensive coordinator position. And then three years later, when Ken Norton Jr. is done, uh, Jerry, Jerry steps into the head coaching role. Let's bring this all a little bit back to earth. This is all contingent on the defense playing pretty well this year and the inside linebackers just looking like lights out. Oh, okay, fine. Mr. Reality wants to come talk now. <laughs> that's what people call me. Um, yeah, so, and that's, the thing is, I would say the defense as a whole, there's some question marks. I mean, defensive tackle I wrote about yesterday. I think it's going to be fine. I don't think it's going to be great. Um, secondary might be a problem. Um, I think they're going to have a pass rush. The run defense generally could be a question mark. But linebacker, I don't know. I was impressed with Darius Moussau this spring. Um, Shea Bryant-Strother looked like he could potentially be a player. Uh, Kane Madrano, when he was healthy, was a decent coverage linebacker. You can squint and see it um, with the I think it's dependent on two things, really. It's dependent on – I'm not looking for – you know, an incredible scheme, but it, it has to be able to be a good scheme and, a, and effective against uh, the pass and the run. It's got to be both. And a lot of that might be contingent on whether they, you know, your thing, whether they can generate a pass rush from a four man pass rush. I mean, if they can do that, it kind of masks all the problems that you could have. Uh, personnel-wise, other personnel at other positions. So those two things, that the scheme has to be solid and they need they need some, they need need some themselves some pass rush. It's and that's a possibility. I mean, come on, you've got a bunch of NFL minds now. You've got Norton, you've got the defensive coordinator, Bill McGovern. From the, I mean, shouldn't they be able to conceive of a decent college defensive scheme? I'm... If anything was going to turn me into um, a honk, it's this um, fantasy of mine. So I'm now all in on this defense. I like how you're doing that. So you want 
the end, the end completely in your reverse uh, engineering the whole fantasy. Uh-huh. I like it. Yeah. Is this how you operate in life all the time? Basically. Because this would be really refreshing. Yeah, yeah, no. It's all about, um, you know, uh, uh, being goal-oriented, not process-oriented. <laughs> this me, is baby. what I want, and this is all the stretch <laughs> steps and the thing is, the that thing have is, to happen to get there, but I'm going to believe it. The thing is, like, do I want Ken Norton Jr. as the UCLA head coach or Jerry Neuheisel? No. But would it no. be very funny? Yes. And that's what I want. Because if, okay. if at the very least, let's get some entertainment value out of UCLA, baby. Okay, there we go. All right, so uh, Ken Norton Jr., the reason we're talking about him so highly, uh, he is uh, recruiting. Um, <laughs> I could probably end the sentence there. But he's recruiting really well um, and is showing a lot of energy and verve on the recruiting trail. It feels like um, uh, there's like four offers going out every day. That's not actually the case, but it feels like it. Um, and he is putting them in, I think, a competitive situation with a lot of guys who uh, maybe wouldn't have considered UCLA before his hiring. Uh, I think Biggins wrote on the board this week that this should be UCLA's best linebacker class in years, um, uh, which isn't, yeah. again, saying a whole lot, but it's also saying a little bit, which is... It's a guy doing his job effectively yeah, comparatively. he's doing his job. The, the bar was, yeah. Right. So. Um, and so there's there's a lot of uh, good stuff going on here. Um, with Well, with let's our... look at it because the most unique part of this May is that UCLA is bringing in official visitors. Uh, I mean, really kind of strange. Chip Kelly kind of refused to do it uh, previously. Um, so this is a, com- a, a real complete departure. Um, I think it's also a shift. It's part of the shift of the overall uh uh, philosophy behind football recruiting now with the emphasis on the transfer portal. So when it comes to high school recruiting, it's let's, let's get all this done fairly early and see who we have so that we can get to that beloved transfer portal as soon as we possibly can. I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to shoot uh, every year. They'll be able to bring in 30 guys because they're going to lose at least seven through the transfer portal. I mean, they're up to, is it 20 or 21 this year in this cycle? So they will be able to bring in quite a few recruits in every cycle. You'd have to think it's, I mean, it's going to be, would you say going forward if Chip Kelly remained at UCLA every year the cycle, he'd have more transfers and high school recruits coming in in the class? Um, at least even. Yeah. I mean, I think they're like, this year, I think they're kind of hitting the limits of what is possible in the transfer portal, because wow. because interesting. I think there's a there's diminishing returns, and also if your program is pegged where UCLA's is right now, um, that top tier of dude is gonna be hard to get. Um, so like the Eric Gentry, you know, uh, I think when we when that guy first went into the portal from ASU, it was oh yeah. Maybe put in a phone call, but no, UCLA is not going to be a player there, and then he ends up at USC. Um, it's uh, you know they, they they landed what, what was it eleven guys or 12? 12. 12. 12, 12, 12 ended up eleven so, high school. Yeah, and it's um, I think anything more than that requires you uh, either either recruiting the portal better and getting a higher quality of guy in addition to like the you know 
general grist for the mill um but maybe also dropping down and getting you know worse players who are just depth guys and i don't know that they're uh, i don't know well where they are right now in the kind of transfers they're attracting um if they are elite transfers like let's say zach charbonnet you can throw them into that bucket that they're originally from Southern California and their main motivation is to come back and play in front of, of friends and family, right? Sure. That's first off. Any other super, super elite recruit hasn't really looked at UCLA. Uh, and then the other criteria there is that there's available playing time. The, those are the criteria for anyone who's, you know, a, a pretty plug-in plug-in starter kind of transfer then they've gone for uh, you know the the guy from a, a minor conference that's looking to step up um like uh, we got they got the two murphys or that, Hearn. The, yeah yeah or her um you know Quantrez knight is kind of the blueprint they loved Quantrez knight that's what that's what they're looking for that kind of guy um for them to to enhance that, I mean, don't you think they'd have to win like the Pac-12 championship? Then they would start getting elite transfers that want to come to UCLA to play, regardless if they're from Southern California, or regardless yeah. if they have playing time. Yeah. I, I mean, that would be have to happen. Yeah, and I think you're already seeing kind of the expansion of the scope of what they're doing in the transfer portal. Um, And maybe I think it's the expansion downward, to be frank. Um, And I'm not meaning to this isn't a pick on Jalen Jeffers thing because he might turn into a player or whatever. But he's not a guy they would have taken in the transfer portal two years ago. Um, No, true. They were looking for, okay starter level guys who can help us immediately. I don't think that he was a guy they would have taken three months ago. No, and um, and but like I would say the same maybe about Jalen Davies, um, where two years ago I don't know that they take him because he doesn't project as an immediate impact guy. Um, yeah, and this is where I think it's getting it, it is expanding, but I don't know how much more it can expand beyond this to the point where you're taking flyers essentially on three deep guys. Well, then you really should just get them out of high school. Um, like there isn't really, you're not really gleaning an advantage there. Um, aside from this guy who's potentially not very good now can't transfer again. That's not necessarily a good thing. You've got then that guy eating up a scholarship spot. Um, so I, I don't know. There, there'll be diminishing returns if you try to um, fill out your class with just too many transfers. Yeah, it's, it's, you made a good point. Is, is this, uh, well, your point and then my point. For them to be able to take it to, like, let's say they're bringing in 16, 17 transfers, they're going to have to, like, win the Pac-12. Yeah, because um, the, it has to be a higher, like, I think they've gone to the minimum level that you want to go to with the transfer market. Yeah, so we're at about 12, let's say. I think um, with all of that in mind, I don't know if they necessarily are as clear-eyed as we are about this whole thing. You know, oh, and I'm not even saying that just about UCLA. All coaches are delusional. So um, I, from a high school standpoint in 2023, I think they're shooting for about 15 to 16 guys probably. Uh, and then probably think they'll bring be able to bring in f- fifteen transfers, you know, for a total of thirty. 
Uh, they still probably will have scholarships to give if we go by what this cycles look like. Oh, yeah. With 15 high schoolers, um, they've offered about as many high school prospects in this cycle right now as they had in previous years when they were shooting for like 20-something guys. So relatively, they've offered more this year. I would say there's, there's, you can take some encouragement from this recruiting staff. I mean, and we could break it down compared to the staff that Chip Kelly started out with recruiting-wise. I mean, we should break it down. I mean, Ryan Gunderson or, or Bible. <laughs> Sorry. Was that a real question? Wow. You just, <laughs> you just openly laughed. Deshaun Foster, the same. Same. I mean, he, he doesn't do a lot of, of recruiting. He is what he is. Let's just say that. He's been very effective at transfer recruiting. And it looks like that's what he's doing. I, I mean, right now, it's, it's, it's pretty much Roderick Robinson or bust in the high school right. ranks. Uh, offensive line might, you know, we have yet to really see from Tim Drebno. And you'd say Justin Fry, you know, did a decent job at recruiting, I'd say. Um, Fry might be a little, is probably a more effective recruiter. He's just got that younger energy where he wants to get out there. And I just don't see that from, from Drevno necessarily. Uh, wide receiver. Uh, I liked Doherty, but I thought maybe under chip, there was a little bit of a mailing in element. And I think Jerry Neuheisel obviously has a lot of energy. If you, uh, State, can you, uh, future head coach, Jerry Neuheisel? Future head coach energy. Uh, Derek Sage, even though he missed on tight ends for two years, I know y'all say, well, bottom line, what were the results? He still recruited well. Um, and he is responsible, well, completely responsible for signing those two guys that are coming in, those two four stars. Um, I, I get a good, I've gotten good feedback about Jeff Ferris. I think I watched him in spring practice. I was impressed. I think he'll be a good recruiter. His only problem is... You know, parents might think he's a grad assistant when they walk into his, walk into the living room. Um, so that's offense. Uh, defensive line, well, it's not really fair because the former guy was one of the best recruiting. But he was only there for, what, year and a half? Right. Um, and I, I think Chad Kay uh, has some potential. Don't, in... don't cop out. Oh, yeah, I'm copping out on that. You try. Go. Uh, is it Kawahaha? Kawaha, Kawahaha. Um, I crushed in, it. In uh, tandem with Akaiko Malloy, I think they'll both be very good recruiters. Um, improvements uh, on the original staff that, that uh, Chip Kelly brought in, yes. Um, probably a wash over the guys that were there, maybe, in, uh, recently. Uh and then, Ken Norton. Yeah, baby. As we've said, he's offered more guys. Now, I know they need linebackers, but he's offered more guys than Don Pelham did in, I think, a couple of years at <laughs> linebacker. And a lot more timely, too, ahead of time. Not just ultimately how many he offers. Uh, and uh, Brian Norwood, I, I wouldn't... I, I, I'm still not bought in on his ability to recruit. Um, we haven't seen much. But if, if this all shakes out, 
let's say they're shooting for three offensive linemen probably, and they'll probably all be tackles, maybe. Uh, one tight end. Uh, this is among high schoolers. Ideally, one running back, but if they don't get Ryder Robinson, they, I could see Deshaun Foster saying, oh, you know, I'll wait on that transfer portal, which might be valid because as soon as Zach Charbonnet leaves, he'll be able to recruit to a starter position and say, hey, you know, come in and start. Um, they already have a commitment from a wide receiver in Grant Gray. Um, probably one more. Um, defensive lineman, two or three. You always need to take two or three. Linebackers from the two inside linebacker positions, probably three. They already have one in Ty Lee. He's kind of a hybrid linebacker safety, but I, he projects the linebacker. He's like Shea Bryant Strother to me. Uh, a couple of cornerbacks because they're a little, a little thin and a safety. They brought in some safeties last year. So I think that's 15 or 16. I didn't add it up, but that's probably what they're, what they're shooting for right now. Um, over the last, this last weekend, previously they brought in uh, five guys uh, for official visits. They got a commitment from Ty Lee. I'd say there are probably a couple other guys in there that there might be leading for. Spencer Shannon, the tight end, the big kind of blocking tight end. Uh, I think he still is leaning for him. Heath uh, Ozaeda from Washington. They're probably right there with him. He visited his first visit. Um, Elijah Page, the offensive lineman from Arizona visited. I think they're probably in the top two or three maybe, but probably not leading for him. Then this weekend, um, Roderick Robinson, uh, that running back, who I, I'm, I'm still skeptical about their chances, but Probably Roderick Robinson or Bust, as I said. Jerry Mixon. Now we're getting into linebackers. Jerry Mixon, inside linebacker from uh, Northern California, who they're probably leading for. There were some crystal balls for him. Possibility he verbally commits out of this weekend. If not, still, you still would be leading. And then Cade Uluave, another inside linebacker prospect from Utah. You'd. I always want to ask so, their parents, uh, you named your son after Cade McNow, correct? So, <laughs> I mean, we have someone on our team here who named his son after Cade McNow. It's and true. That is that's true. That that is Brandon Huffman. Um, probably among the couple of favorites for Uluave too. Um, and then the next weekend, Trey Edwards, a four-star. Uh, inside line, uh, middle linebacker, who they're probably at least top two, if not the leader for him. So inside linebacker is looking. Oh yeah, and they last weekend they got an, uh, they offered Solomon Malafu uh, from Hawaii. They've got Blake Nicholson, who they just offered. Our our boy Ken Norton, he's going to have his three guys, his three high schoolers secured, and uh, like. Probably I would bet by I would bet by the beginning of the high school season. So by let's say September. Amazing what happens when you recruit. Cade uh, name meanings is one who is round. <laughs> one who is round or stout, sturdy. Wow. Okay. 
I'd just also say uh, if you're on the look commitment lookout to probably offensive lineman Elijah Jacket, UCLA's probably leading for him. He's re- uh, visiting next weekend. So they have a real chance with him too. I'd say probably the the leader there, uh, those are the two guys, two offensive linemen, because all we're, we're mostly concerned about in recruiting is offensive linemen and middle linebackers. Totally. And defensive linemen, but yeah. So, yeah, uh, not doing too badly. Uh, the, these are mostly three-star guys, but the, there's a... There are a lot of three-star guys I like. I really like Ty Lee. I like Jerry Mixon. I like Cade Uluave. Uh, uh, I like Elijah Jacket. Um, so all these, a lot of these three-star guys I like, which is, there are some three-star guys that they've recruited in the last few years I didn't like. Right. So kind of on good footing, I'd, I'd say. Um, but now you need to, you're, your your requisite saying five years in and we're only on good footing now. So go ahead and say it. Five years in and we're only on good footing now. Honestly, no. I mean, I I, I don't feel that way about it. Um, I think um, the, the reality is uh, I, I don't think Chip Kelly is the long term answer. But stocking talent right now um, and doing it through the high school ranks is only going to benefit you know, whatever, whether it's Chip Kelly two years from now or whether it's our, our, our man, Ken Norton. Um, and so, uh, it's all to the good. Um, and, uh, it's good to see, uh, there's still being quite a bit of energy because if, so typically at the end of a coaching tenure, um, which this may or may not be for Chip Kelly. You are so trying to wish this into existence. No, no, but, but my point is typically at the end of a coaching tenure, you see the energy wane. Um, this has got the opposite feel, which might actually indicate that it's not the end. Um, and, uh, Chip Kelly has been afforded quite a bit of patience, um, from the UCLA administration, if not necessarily the fan base. Um, so we're, we're, I mean, we're, we're, we'll see. I mean, I was talking about it with, uh, with Bud Elliott on the, um, that the cover three podcast, but I think the simple reality that he was granted an extension means that even if you weren't necessarily in the boat of we'll see or wait and see, you were kind of forced in there. Um, so it's back in wait and see. So if you're in wait and see and you see that UCLA is showing more energy on the recruiting trail and, you know, landing some guys who are actually projected as good prospects, well, okay, in the wait and see, that goes in the positive tally. So I think it's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. Um, the more I even read about the Pac-12 too for this coming season, the more I'm convinced. Uh, well, the bar should be set with this schedule and the team they're returning, the players are returning, and what the Pac, uh, just not uh, non-conference, but the Pac-12 schedule. Uh, the expectation is ten wins. Has to be ten wins, I think. Um, not acceptable anything less than 10 wins. So there you go. Um, while we're talking about recruiting, another big recruiting weekend. That was, so you 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 took a pivot point for me. Like you took okay, away Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Transition. Just ignore that I said. Just just cut, cut this out before you put it up. Cut it out right there. And okay, you can go on one, two, three. No, but now I don't even remember what you said. 
You just Basically, said we were talking I can about football recruiting. Three. So now you, and you, you know what? Uh, Isaiah Collier was ready to go on six, but now it sounds like he's going to open it up a little bit more, even though he's officially visiting this weekend. You like that? So are you the only one who, who can do segues? I think so. I think it's obvious that I'm the only one who can do them. You okay. see what I did there? You see what I did there? Because I, yeah. I made it about my skill with it, whereas yeah. you're making it about my control of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was amazing, Dave. <laughs> Isaiah Collier is uh is visiting UCLA this weekend. Along with Ron Hall. Along with Ron Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Isaiah Collier, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, he was talking this week uh with I think our, our man Eric Bossy, um, and said, you know, despite kinda shortening his list a little bit, he's he's kinda opening it up to anybody who wants to call. And I'm reading that as Duke <clears throat> Kentucky. Um, you know, anybody who wants to call, that's fine. Um, but as of right now, it sounds like uh, Cincinnati might be a hidden comp, uh, a behind the scenes, um, major factor in this recruitment. Um, but we'll see what UCLA is able to do this weekend. Yeah. Along with Ron Holland too. Right. Um, two five-star guys. Um, I think UCLA has a good chance, uh, probably even a better chance at Isaiah Collier because I know the family and the mom, it, uh, they have family in Southern California. The mom's previously from Los Angeles, um, really wants to, re- would like to return to Los Angeles. So I, I think that's, that's a huge factor. Um, Ron Holland really doesn't have any kind of connection to LA. It's all going to be about getting him out here. It's going to be a nice weekend and impressing him where when he goes out on his other official visits and they're throwing NIL money at him and they're saying all this stuff to him and he considers going pro, he might say, I could just go and live in Los Angeles, make a little bit of NIL money and, and then go pro. So we'll see. It's going to be, it's going to be very interesting on uh, the effectiveness of recruiting for the staff with these two guys. There is, besides Collier's family, they're not from, you know, neither of them are from Southern California. There's not great ties. So we'll see how, and now both of them, like you said with Collier, but both of them are getting hit nationally by a lot of, of so many programs, including elite programs, including pro options. So this will be interesting. I mean, I don't want to be too negative, I would not be entirely surprised if they didn't get either of them because, you know, we're always, we're always wary of the circusy recruitments. And while these didn't start out that way, these might end up that way. Um, and that's just, you know, that just means there's so much going on. Whenever you throw in the pro option, it, it can get circusy. There are representatives of the G League. There are representatives, you know, that are really hitting these kids hard. Um, so, yeah, that's hard. That's count. What do those two guys have in common from a rankings perspective, Tracy? Uh, they're both five-star guys. They're oh. both top. Interesting. They're both um, top. Well, right now, Eric Bossy has not redone the rankings. He's promising it for this month. Collier is ranked 23rd by 24-7. That, he's, he'll probably end up top 10 mm-hmm. to top 12, I would say. so. And 
Holland top. They're both top fifteen national prospects, Got and it. they are five stars. So and, that and, can't... and neither of them is from California or the West region. You would say. The only thing we have is that the call your mother is from Los Angeles and used to live here, and I think might even still have very immediate family here. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so if I'm looking at the list of like things that make sense and things that don't, like Milan Momsilovich, get him out here. We already talked about it. You're too close to the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald up there, which was in Lake Superior, not in Lake Michigan. <laughs> Um, come on down, buddy. Out west. Yeah, on, and down. And down. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's way north. Uh, yeah. And then Andre Stoyakovich, come on over, bud. You're up in Carmichael. That's Sacramento. That's Cowtown. You don't want to be up there. Come on down. I think I think UCLA basketball's approach to uh, to official visits is first, uh, like someone with you know is from California. Uh, They'll, uh, he'll be able to get to UCLA plenty of times. They'll save that if it, you know, they don't necessarily want to get the official visit out. They, they want to give Ron Hall and Isaiah Collier a chance to be there together, but also, you know, you, you want to give them the red carpet individually, you know, and, and not, you, you don't want to bring in, I think, the way the staff thinks, they don't want to bring in five or six guys. Now, they lose too much attention that way. Um, but I agree with Momsilovich. Momsilovich. I've got I've got the class. Here's the class. Here, here, Mick. Here's your class. It's uh, Milan if you can get him, but then it's Stoyakovic. It's uh, Cody Williams, Dennis Evans, uh, B.J. Davis, and what the hell? If you want to go get Arrington Page, that's great too. How about the post player from Idaho that I just wrote about? You're not into him. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. You'll take him too. Idaho's fine. Um, Idaho. I mean, I, I think Idaho's like kind of a separate little region, but it's less enough that I'll take it. But just you can you can construct a class with if you can add that Milan guy because I think he's really good. And frankly, it's Wisconsin. Nobody wants to stay in Wisconsin. That's a lie. <laughs> Nobody wants to stay there. Kavon Looney didn't want to stay there. Was he Wisconsin? It was Wisconsin, yes. right? He didn't yeah. want to stay there. Milan won't want to either. Um, but you add him to this class of mostly dudes from the West, that's a good class. It's going to be a good class. Yeah. Just okay. do that. You don't need I – mean, look, if Isaiah Collier wants to come, that's great. If Ron Holland wants to come, that's great. But you don't need it. You really don't. Build yeah, I tend – you know, I, I know you're kind of being a little uh, flippant about this, but what you're saying is – is spot you're being flippant, but you're spot on at the same time. That's um, that's my uh, that's my brand. That's you. That's my I brand. just I just captured you. Um, because UCLA basketball probably need five to eight guys in this. Uh, yeah, in and this. I named I named three wings, uh, a post that's a project, and one point guard type in BJ Davis. Throw uh, hell, throw Christian Hammond in there too. They can play together. What the hell? One six three and one six one. It's fine. And these are all these are all multi year, three to four year guys. All from the west. Gonna, that are going to all from the west, except well, for not, Milan Momsilovich and Page. Yeah, you don't need him. Uh, if you we're, we're get, going get for one Momsilovich or Page, that's fine. Okay. Okay. You don't need the post. Okay. But what you're saying is, you bring in these core guys that UCLA builds its program on. That'll be here. That will be the future Jaime Hawkeses. Correct. Of the program. Um, then you can sprinkle in 
some five-star guys you can sprinkle in some transfers next offseason. I, I, I agree. I, I mean, chase after these four-star guys, but I would I would like to see them downshift from... If it's not looking really positive, I, I don't want them wasting a lot of time on Holland and Collier f- until, you know, November. They need to know what the hell they're doing this summer, and it can't be babysitting Ron Holland and Isaiah Collier with a decision still to be made. Yes. And that's that's the thing where if if you get really strong stuff out of them this weekend, fine. But if it's not, oh, yeah, we're 100% coming. Or, like, look, my, you know, I've got an, uh, a handler who wants to talk to the G League, but I'm not going to the G League. I'm, I'm definitely coming to school, and UCLA is my top choice. If it's not that, you got to spend a lot more energy on evaluating these dudes because, like, it's no sure thing, you know, B.J. Davis or Christian Hammond or whoever, but evaluate the hell out of them. And then, I mean, I would start, like, putting a full-court press on Milan Momsilovich, you know, and see if if that kind of thing opens his eyes and pulls him out of the Midwest because you're going to have to treat him maybe a little bit more like you treat Isaiah Collier and Ron Holland because of the simple fact that he is – you know, from Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, and you have a, I mean, let's just face it. It's not going to be a circusy re- recruitment. You have a lot better chance. You're completely, completely unique compared to the other schools that are recruiting him. You are going to have an advantage when you bring him out here in Southern California. And just because it's going to be so offset from everything else, every other program that's recruiting him. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I would be happy with a. I, did you mention Cody Williams? Yes. Okay, Stoyakovic. Did you mention? Do you want him? Yeah. So here's here's what I want: Stoyakovic, Monsilovic, or Momsilovic. <laughs> Williams. I want Evans. Just you know, why not have a seven-one guy who can learn how to play? Okay. Um, and then I want B.J. Davis. Hell, throw in Christian Hammond too. Why not? Um, and then Arrington Page. Recruit him. See what happens. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, I would like to see this class uh, mostly those kind of multi-year four-star guys. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. And, and I think uh, I would bet Cronin is coming off that Dusty Stromer recruitment. And while I'm sh- probably would think he has confidence in their chances with Collier and Holland. I would bet he'll pivot if he's not feeling really, really positive. Like he, they have a real chance to get these guys and fairly soon. Uh, I think they'll pivot and it's all going to come down to section seven, that tournament, which is really crazy because it's just, it's at the state farm stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Um, It's only high school teams in the West. Last year, it was 160 high school teams, something like that. It's blazing hot outside. Like, I, I walked, you know, I'm California. I'm two blocks away. I think I can walk. It was 117 degrees at 9 o'clock when I walked in the morning. Um, so it was a trek. But then you get in there, and it's just, it's an oasis. It's heaven. It's temperature's perfect, and you've got all of these teams, and they're playing with their high school teams, which... There's positives and negatives, but mostly positives because they're actually playing basketball. The only positive about AAU games is that they're going up against 
really highly competitive, talented guys whenever they play. Most of the time they play AAU. And they're probably playing their college position. In high school, that most of the time is neither the case, but you actually watch them play basketball. Right. I mean, I mean, they don't just come over half court line and, and jack it up. Um, so yeah. Uh, and there's a ton of coaches there and they spend the entire weekend there. UCLA coaches last year were there the whole weekend. There's no other place to go. That's the only thing during that evaluation weekend. So yeah, I could see like what you're saying. I could absolutely see BJ Davis, Cody Williams, uh, maybe even, I don't know about Christian Hammond, but those two would be probably the guys I could see possibly getting offers out of section seven. Yeah. And, um, I think the, 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 they, they got to start, <laughs> they got to start racking up some numbers here. They got to start racking up some names. Um, cause it's, you know, it's not, it's not late, but they've got a big class to fill. Um, so they, I think they they're really numbers. thinking, I think in last off season, maybe not this off season as, as much, but last off season, they had a ton of transfers inquiring and they didn't have a scholarship. They've had a, I think they've had a number of them this year also. I think they're pretty confident in their ability to pick up transfers from the portal. You know what I hate to hear, Tracy? Anybody thinking, oh, we're just going to wait and see in the portal. Like, yeah, I mean, pick up a few guys, pick up a couple of guys, because you're going to have some class balance issues that we talked about, but... That's because you're jaded, because you you are a follower of UCLA football. True, but also, um, it's UCLA. Build your classes through. um, Again, I say it a lot, only because it remains true, and it will probably never be untrue. You can build a Final Four contending program by... um, literally never flying on any other airline but Southwest. What's a good way to say you never have to leave the West? Just fly on Southwest. There you go. Um, like you can, you can just use their direct flights. How about that? Yeah, do that. Wherever Southwest, Southwest flies direct. Yes. Um, it's, it's really easy. Um, and so whenever you're getting a little bit far afield, whenever you're going five-star hunting in Georgia, or Texas. Or, Do I have to connect from right? If you're yeah. if you're having to um, if you're having to think, oh, maybe we'll just acquire four guys in the transfer portal. It, 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 that's not that's not the right way to do it. It's it's a way to do it. It's not the right way to do it. Well, you're, the one you're sacrificing thing with, the easy yeah. part of the UCLA job for the harder parts that make it. So yeah, with generally with the UCLA true, job, but... you can go and try to get into five-star recruitments, and you can go and try to get the best transfers on the market. But the easy part of the job is just landing dudes who are ranked 60th, who live in you know Sherman Oaks. Not, generally not true, to, but... not to throw out the Dusty Stromer, but you know what I mean. This class is extreme. If there was a time, a class when they should be where they are forced to look outside of the West and Southern California. Because it is down. Okay, but we just talked about Andre Stoyakovich. He's ranked 73rd. He's in California. He'll move up, too. Cody Williams. He's ranked 61st. He's in Arizona. Probably probably stay about right there. Dennis Evans is 108th. Project Center, 7-1. He'll be 80th. He's in Riverside. Uh, you've got B.J. Davis, who's in Modesto. He's not ranked currently. He'll eventually be. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's a core of a class right there. Yeah. A core of I a agree. pretty good class. I agree. I mean, but you only named three. I mean, I named four guys. 
In the West, there should be 10 of those guys that you would be able to get. It's a down year. It's a down year. But even in a down year, my point is, you can still make the core of your class. And who's going to compete with UCLA for these guys? Like, is, is Arizona dropping down to this, or are they looking at international guys? Yeah, true. So that brings us up. I know we've talked about Dennis Evans. He, he's, And I, I'm putting it out there because I have no conclusion at this point. I want to see him again at Section 7. But the guy's 7-1. His, his best thing that he does is block shots. He, he can block shots, uh, you know, anywhere in the paint. I, out of his area, he can struggle a little. But he's a, he's a great shot blocker. And a very, I mean, at the very least, he alters everything that comes in there. Um, then from that point on, at 7'1", he's very skinny. He's gotten better. He's able to run better than he was a year ago because he, he really couldn't even run. He can actually run pretty fluidly up the court, but he's not getting out really. He's not going to get out on breaks. So he changes the way you play. You're going to slow down. He changes the way you play defense because he can't really switch. Um, on offense, he has decent touch around the basket. He has a good-looking, a pretty decent shot. Um, he can't get position in the post because he's just so light in his ass. I mean, for lack of a better scouting term. I've seen 6'3 guys move him out. Um, so let's project a really nice kid. I guess maybe doesn't have the real dog in him, which you would like for a Cronin player. Young for his age. I think he's about to turn 17, not even 17 yet. So tremendous upside. He's going to get better physically and athletically. He'll get better all around. A real project. Now, remember, you will have AAU guys that think he's a lottery pick and want him to shoot threes and aren't going to be happy if you're saying, hey, he's a project, he's going to come in, we're going to develop him for a couple of years because people around him would think he'd be able to come in, shoot threes, and, and go to the NBA. So all of those things considered, you all give me your opinion whether you think they should offer and take Dennis Evans. I have a question, Tracy. Yes, Dave. It's an important question. Can you teach 7-1? Um, can you teach ass? Look, can you squat ass? Yes. But can you teach 7-1? Like, well, actually, I was reading this story about um, a guy who was 5'6", who got a, a lengthening surgery to make himself 5'9". <laughs> and it's literally, they take um, this sort of like screw and put it in your thigh bone. And then it like you expand it a little bit every day, and it's like that sounds painful. It's very painful, and um, you can't quite walk correctly for many, 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 many months. Um, but eventually, you end up five nine. Um, so I guess in a sense, you probably could, if not teach seven one, you could surgery seven one. Um, but I know you're saying seven one, and I get it, but. How about a player that negates his size because he can block shots like he's seven one, but he doesn't take advantage of his size in any other way from getting posts, really rebounding. Uh, I guess you're, saying, you're talking about a lot of stuff that's teachable, um, and uh, but it's not if he weighs 190 pounds and anyone who's six four who weighs 205 is just pushing him five yards yeah i mean build up your leg strength 
Like there's there's things you can do. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a, a certain limit to like genetics, whether you're like a Sean Failer, like if you're that skinny. But he doesn't sound like he's Sean Failer. You can't also teach toughness, physical and mental. That's hard. You either have that or you don't. I guess. I mean, I, I certainly think that's 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 uh, an argument. Um, I I think if Devis, Dennis Evans goes into Section Seven with his high school team and he starts just attempting to play in the post, not floating out to catch, because he will be away from his AAU element. It'll be with his high school element. That he actually plays like a post player and really tries tries to get post position and works within that painted area. That will go a long way. Yeah. So anyway, um, you said Because that. I watched our guy um, Buchanan, Blake Buchanan, from I, I watched him in a couple of real games, two games. He is, he is down in the post on both offense and defense. He will occasionally shoot from the outside when uh, off a pick and roll, they leave him wide open and he takes the shot because he can shoot, but he is trying to get, you know, position on both offense and defense in the post. Okay. I, I don't know. I haven't come to a conclusion. We'll see. And I don't think UCLA's come to a conclusion. Then go get Blake Buchanan. Either way, I don't really care. But the important thing here is neither of those dudes is a five-star. Like you can, you can walk into their decision... damn high school and probably offer them and get, you know, a commitment right. within a month. I got that point from you. I was moving on to saying, what do all the bros think specifically about Dennis Evans? Because it's an interesting thing. And this is what college staffs go through on whether to offer a guy with all of these different elements. It's, it's an interesting thing. It is. It is an interesting thing. Okay. Uh, we also have to talk about Jules Bernard. Tracy. Oh, we do? Okay. We have to touch on Jules Bernard. Bernard. So what do you think are now his... I mean, you could see a path of where he plays. He goes to the G League event that's in Chicago, plays really well, moves into the NBA draft combine that's in the same exact place. He just stays there. Um, could you see that scenario? No. No, you see him absolutely returning regardless. Uh, I mean, look, is there a chance that he plays well in the combine and ends up in – or plays well in the G League thing and then ends up in the combine? Maybe. But is there a chance that he goes from that to being a draftable prospect this year? No. No, I don't think so. But Okay. But gets him in – let's say he plays well enough to where someone is willing to sign him and, and bring him on their G League team. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a tough thing because how will that be any different next year? Um, you know, is is there an argument that he could, if you know, if he actually gets to the combine this year, that if he refines a few parts of his game, he could be draftable the following year? Um, and that's, I think, the it's going to be the question for him. Um, but I, I'd still wager on him coming back to school. Um, I think there's a lot of room for him to um, have a bigger role next year because um, Johnny Juzang won't be there anymore. Um, he can be kind of that main um, perimeter shooter who's not Tiger Campbell. Um, and if he becomes a dead-eyed three-point shooter, which he's shown some capability of being at times, 
um, and his his free throw shooting indicates that he could be an even better three point shooter, then he might actually be a draftable guy. Um, because if he can show I am six six, and I can shoot forty percent, and with the you know comparative free throw numbers like north of eighty percent, then you can talk yourself into that because he's got good shooting size. Um, and he's show, he's shown a commitment to defense, even if he's not always you know super great at it. Um, so I think there's a there's 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 an angle for him to play coming back a year um, that might actually end up with him getting drafted in the second round somewhere. If you want to talk about Bruins playing defense, how about Drew Holiday? Yeah, baby. Damn. Well, he, I read he, that he, whole athletic article that broke down that play. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just, it's just this. Yeah, it's, beautiful. it's basically Ben Howland inspired him by benching him against Clay Thompson uh, that against was Washington State. Yeah, yeah, that was his whole uh, treatise pretty much on getting strong feet, mm-hmm. doing work to make your feet strong. Yep, was really interesting. It was. It's really like Drew. Yep. Yep. That was a good segue, right? I loved it. I loved it. I didn't, I'm sorry. I don't mean to step on your segue toes. I mean, it's, it's because fun. I know your feet aren't strong. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good uh, back way. Wow. I know. I brought everything. I brought everything in at the end and I think it's time to leave. Okay. That's, you got anything, that's you how, anything that's how Paul there? McCartney should end his concert tonight. <laughs> I'm I'm doing the Dave. You have anything else, Dave? No, I got nothing else. You want to get out of here, but I just want to talk. No, I, I don't. Want, I'll sit here. All I just day want long. to hang out. I just want to shoot the shit, and you're just like, no, I want to get out of here. I I I want to stay. Yeah. You want to stay, <laughs> but the people who are listening don't want to stay. Right now, they're saying this is enough. I've had enough of both of your voices. You get to stay. You get to stay. <laughs> but I'm fired. That? Have we ever told that story? Yeah, we've told that story. Ben Allen. Beautiful man. All right. Well, for Tracy Pearson, I'm but I'm fired. Uh, I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online. We will talk to you again next time. See you, Paul McCartney. There's only going to be sixty-five thousand other people. Woo.